Get more confidence, dates, and sex. Build the relationships and lifestyles you really want. DatingSkillsReview.com presents a training program for dating with, with different world-class experts in every single episode. Teaching you the secrets to their skills and success. Dating Skills Podcast, the podcast for men. Angel Donovan here with episode one of Dating Skills Podcast. Today's interview was recorded in 2011 while I was living in New York City. New York City is a really fast-paced place. The only other place I've seen like it is Tokyo. So today's topic is kind of connected to that. And I think also that the NYC environment is kind of conducive to this. And if you've lived there and dated there, you, you may relate to this. We're going to be talking about dating and applying some kind of productivity, productivity rules to this. We want to get more out of our lives. And some people want to get more dating out of their lives or just more women. So it kind of connects with that. But also you have to Look at it from a learning and an experience perspective. Uh, for any of you who aren't already good at dating and at an advanced level, uh, a way to learn quicker is to get more experience quicker and to get more quality experience quicker. And if you can be more productive, um, that, that can be extremely important to your learning curve and also to your eliminating more frustration. The more productive you are, the more disciplined you are about it. Um, generally, the more the better quality of learning and the faster it's going to go for you. So I think this is an important interview for those of you who are still going through the learning curve. And uh, I, want to I want you to think a bit about you know, what, what the interviewee is saying about how he learned and how he developed and how he thinks about, about going through this process. And for the subject today, we have Paul Janker. Paul Janker is known as uh, NYC Playboy. He's been in a lot of the media uh, since, since around 2007 when, was when he first appeared on uh, Dr. Phil and he was doing live approaches on camera with Dr. Phil. He's also been in Today, Fox News, Psychology Today and many of the kind of, you know, uh, the mini celebrity slash uh, gossip mags like Jezebel.com and Gawker.com. So, you know, He's, he's become pretty renowned for this, and he's very analytical and productivity-minded, uh, which is where you'll see he's unique in this uh, interview. We go through his whole system, and we talk a lot about his motivations. So I think this is a great interview to really understand where he's coming from and to understand about what he calls his attraction formula. To get the show notes, the transcript, and links to anything we mention on this show, you can go to datingskillsreview.com slash P1. That's D for dating, S for skills, P for podcast, one. Now let's get this interview started. Hey, this is Angel Donovan, and I'm here in New York City today with Paul Janker from Janker Method. That's right, yeah. Paul's been in NYC for a while, and he's actually got a, a lot of attention since around 2007, been on a lot of shows. He's, he's really one of the bachelor's uh, players here who's, who's got a big reputation for himself. So really happy to have you here. Yeah, great. Um, Thank you. All right, so we want to start off with something, you know, really to set the frame here of uh, who Paul Janker is. So, you know, what is your score, man? Well, it's over 200 uh -huh. of, of actual girls I've had intercourse with. Hmm. There's a little bit of an issue. I used to keep a spreadsheet. Yeah. Um, it, it arose because in 2001, I was driving cross country with a buddy, and we just started talking about girls we'd slept with. I was about 25. So 
And so I made a list, and I was like, I wonder. So, and I don't know what it was at that time, probably in the 30s or 40s or something. And, I, oh, and then I remembered another one. And I put it on a scrap of paper, and then I transferred it to an Excel document in 2001. And I just kept it. Like, it's, you know, the technology's changed, but I've kept that. And I updated it all the way until I started dating my current girlfriend. And I, uh, we got quite serious. And we had a period where we were not um, exclusive, but I stopped the spreadsheet there, so there's, it's uh, it's in the early 200s, but there's there's a handful more. Right, that. right. So I don't know exactly what it is, and going forward, I don't think I'm going to document it because I, I don't want to have any evidence. Okay, of, no, of no evidence. It was it was fine in the early days, but I I think I'm at a point in my life where I don't need to have stuff written down. Let's put it that way. Okay, good. All right, so <clears throat> now like Paul's very focused on meeting women during the day. Um, a bit like one of our earlier interviews with Jeremy Soul. You know, you know Jeremy Soul from Love Systems. Uh, I know Love Systems. Right, yeah. right. Anyway, one of their guys is focused on the day game too. So um, he's spoken a bit about that. Um, so what, what I thought would be good is to talk a bit about like where do you meet women? Like how does it go? Like from basically start to finish. Mm, okay, um, I'll just take you through a normal like yeah. template. I mean, first of all, when I moved to New York, everything changed because. Anyone who's been here knows that just flow of single women. I don't know what the ratio is, but exactly, but it's, I've heard it's like three to one. If you take in Manhattan, for example, if you take all the young men and women, like half the guys are gay or, or it's a third, so they're out of it. And then you have the guys in relationships. So really there's maybe a third or fewer percent left of straight single men. Hmm. Then you have a huge influx of women and there's, it's a separate thing, but economically, the reason these women can live here is often they're subsidized by fathers and stuff to pay for the rent, and they live like three to an apartment. So you have, even though it's very expensive, you have an inordinate amount of young women here. Yeah. So if you just walk down the street, you'll see tons and tons and tons of them. And um, Yeah, it's incredible. It's probably, I mean, yes, you can meet them in bars and you can do online, but m my thing was just pick them off the street. That's kind of how it happened. And I get the number very quickly from his... You know, if I'm running errands or whatever, I might get 10 or 15 numbers a day. Mm -hmm. And when I coach, I sometimes get 25 or 30 numbers or 40 or, or so numbers a day. And then I go home and I just, it, there's a fair amount of text work in here. I just basically hit them all up with like a, hey, good to meet you text. And then if I have time that night, I start to try and see who's available that night. And um, there's a whole, there's a lot of detail that goes into it, but basically you screen and see who's free, and then you set up dates. And, and the great thing, it's a numbers game with a huge pool. They're always, there's often a girl on like a quiet Tuesday who's got nothing going on, mm -hmm. not just one girl. There's probably five. And then in my heyday, I used to stack them, like 7 p.m., 9 p.m., 11 p.m. So I would have three dates lined up. The first would show, you know, a girl's flake, but let's assume that it's, it was solid. Mm -hmm. The first would show, and, we'd, and I'd try to make the move, but it wasn't happening, and then I'd cut her, and then nine would show up. Maybe I'd get lucky and either do the deal, do the deed, and, and get get her out and have another one come, or just quickly in the middle of fooling around or whatever. If I knew it was going well, go and text the other one like, "Hey, something's come up." The mm -hmm. eleven o'clock. Mm -hmm. So if you live in a target-rich environment like New York, yeah, other cities that I've in last year I went on a on a tour, the Mediterranean, North Africa, and Asia, looking for. New York's the best, what I've seen, but Paris, you can probably do this, and London is pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, 
big like, cities, big yeah. cities, big bustling cities. Big, and it, and it has to be walking. L.A. I think would be not good because right. you have everyone's in their car. So New York is really, really. It's like city. you need high traffic. High traffic, public Industries. transportation helps because you can meet hmm. just on the train or whatever. Yeah, hmm. and um, and there's variations in coffee shops, at museums, whatever. I mean, in my heyday, I was getting numbers wherever there were cute girls. And now it's cell phones and texting. I mean, ten years ago, this was a different deal. You had to like call answering machines yeah. and stuff. But now it's easy. And I never, almost never, ever speak with a girl. It's all text, text-based. Okay, so like, let's take a few steps back and like <clears throat> kind of see how that works in detail. Because like, I that 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 sounds great, but I'm sure most guys can't get their head how head round how it's possible to just grab a number in the street or wherever it is, and and you know all of a sudden be back at your place. And so you know. What happens is you're walking down the street mm -hmm. and you see someone unattractive, and what do you typically do, like in that, in that moment, or what do you think? Well, yeah, um, huh. there's so much. It's so funny. I wrote all, so much detail on this. Um, basically, I'll, the the best pickup situation is if a girl's say walking ahead of me, yeah, and she's roughly my height, so there's no like height differential. Basically, it has to. The best pickups are the ones that are obviously most natural feeling. Right. Mm -hmm. Anytime there's something that's not natural, she's prone to put up like a, a block or a red flag. So in other words, it, it's it's not good energy if, if a girl's sitting at it's doable. But if a girl's sitting at a Starbucks at a at a table and I walk and stand up, I'm like two and a half feet above her, right? So the energy is a little weird in terms of like it can still work, of course, but doesn't feel quite as natural mm. so the best the best is that we're both walking in the same direction actually yeah she may be stopped or she's and I'm coming up at, at her to her side laterally and I'll make a throwaway comment like uh, it's often very specific to the situation uh, nice boots oh, my sister has that same bag um, or I'll ask directions or something to get her attention and the more specific and and it also depends on how inspired I am at the moment, but right. it could be something very creative and funny. She'll usually keep walking, look over, and probably register two things, like, is this guy, what does he look like? So looks, of course, play a part in this. It's undeniable. But it, a lot of that, when I say looks, is like style and, and that body language and stuff. So it's not like what we're born with so much. I mean, that plays, of course, a part, but um, it's what we do with what we have kind of attitude. So... She'll check that out and say, who is this person? And hopefully your luck triggers a little bit of an attraction or interest or intrigue. Right. And then she'll also register the comment, like, was that funny or insulting or whatever. And then then from there, it can go any number of ways. But usually I have a little bit, if my energy is good, I have a little bit of back and forth. I'm confident. She's into it. And then I transition as smoothly as possible into like, hey, you're fun or you're, you're cute or you're helpful or something. Mm -hmm. A little bit of a compliment that makes it as a reason why, because I'm about to ask her for a number. Right. And then I say, we should get together for coffee sometime. That'd be fun. What do you think? Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I'm, when I'm really on, I'm very effective. So a girl will be like, oh, yeah, sure. And in an ideal state, and I'll take her number. There's ways to actually get the number if she resists, but mm -hmm. we're talking about an ideal. Get the phone number and then uh, often call her so she has it right there. And then go and then through the course of a day it's easy in new york if you're confident to get 20 of these right right so in all of that like interaction that conversation how long is it is it like a yeah, under, two, under two minutes wow 60 sec again part of it's the city right things yeah. happen so fast mm -hmm. can happen on a subway 
Yeah. And like, you can say, oh, my stop's coming up. And another thing too, if a girl's hesitant and that works in a big city is, is you can say, this is a nice little moment we're having. We're not going to see each other again. Like you want to take a chance and it puts it like, it plays to their adventurous side. It's quite she'll, sweet. And she'll say, all right, mm-hmm. because there's a little resistance, but also it's just a phone number. It's not like your home address or social yeah. security. So, you know, if, if, if you can, if you can strike any kind of spark with her at all yep. and you can sell kind of well, confidently, mm-hmm. Girls often will take the chance. I've had situations where I've, I've literally 10 out of 10 times I've asked, I've got the number. Right, right. So Yeah, this, this stuff isn't, it works after a while. And I wanted to come back to something that I read in, in your book, uh, Attraction Formula. I'm, I'm, were you going to recall call that? Janka Method, that's fine. It's going to be called Janka Method, right? Uh, it's the same stuff. Anyway, you talk a lot about uh, Mojo, and you just referred to it with you know several several other things you said. When I'm on, yeah, when I'm feeling idea. creative, when I'm feeling inspired, right. um, you know, in your book you call that Mojo, mm-hmm. and you, you go into a bit more detail about that. And you know, I, I know from my experiences it's extremely important, and you know, so it's great to see it in in your, in your book. Could you talk a bit more about you know what what difference does it make, and what you know, first of all, what is it? And then what difference does it make to, to the pickup? Like mm-hmm. how much of a difference? Yeah, it makes all the difference. And I'll tell you what it is. Um, it, at its core, it's, it's presence, just being very present in the moment. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to do sometimes because, you know, as human beings, we're worrying and we're thinking about the future and like what we've got to do. And maybe we're looking at our feet when we walk or like we're angry about something. I'm, not, I'm just speaking about myself. Like I can be preoccupied. Yeah. And one skill that I developed was to be able to like flash mojo, just turn it on if a hot girl walks by. But generally speaking, if I'm in a preoccupied, anxious state about anything, like low level anxiety or frustration, I'm not at my best. And that's communicated to a girl. So one way to get rid of, to dissipate all this, it's basically negative energy is, Mm -hmm. first of all, it helps to be outdoors walking because you get a like. In a high stimuli, stimuli, in a high stimuli environment, you get a lot of. You're going to be present because a lot of information is coming through. So, being outside is good. I often drink a cup of coffee. Like caffeine, a stimulant kind of gets me up and out of my. Because lethargy doesn't work either, right? And then, um, I mean, I can be a pretty intense guy. So just like, part of it is just going through the motions. Like I could talk to a few girls and be not that, be kind of flat. But like when I'm coaching, mm-hmm. once I get warmed up, I start to get pretty, uh, pretty, pretty laser focused. And I'm, and when my mojo is at the best, it's just, I'm totally present. It's just me and the girl and we're right in the zone. There's like mm-hmm. nothing else matters. The cars, the traffic, the light, the noise. It's just, we have like an intense, like one-on-one lock on. Yeah. And I'm not talking about freaking out. It's just like, she, she totally feels me right there. She has my undivided attention and it only has to last for a minute to get the number, but mm. it makes it, it cuts through all the other fog that she has during the day. So right. that's why it's so important. It's like a knife. And it also keeps, I'm clear headed during that moment. So I know what I'm doing. And also it brings all my resources to bear, like all my humor, my sense of irony, my creativity. I'm just, I surprise myself often mm-hmm. when I'm really on cause I'm particularly funny or whatever. And, um, it's very commanding that energy, as as we talked it's earlier. It's very strong. Yeah, I, I feel very in command of the social scene. I can even bring other people in, right? Um, which turns a girl on because it's like it demonstrates like a warrior state almost. Yeah, and I, I'm the same guy. If I I can bring like flat energy to the same girl, and she'll be like, 
creeped out or be like, that's not bothering me. Or I can be totally on like this, yep. and she'll give the number like with no effort. Mm-hmm. So it makes the, it makes a 100% difference. And, mm-hmm. I mean, one way to get there is to just go out and practice and practice. You'll, you'll, you'll get a glimpse of it after you've talked to five or six girls um, and just try to reinforce that feeling. One way to sort of jumpstart this is I tell guys, guys I coach to, to take improv classes uh-huh. because it teaches you to be, like, present with two other people and, like, however it works, they hand you an idea or a story you're supposed to complete, mm-hmm. and you're right there uh, real time. So I, I tell a lot of guys, take improv classes here in New York even. Um, it'll improve your street game. Because it's, in a way, it's acting, right? We call pickup artists. We're, like, art, we're acting when yeah. you're there. And it, you have to be on. It doesn't, mm-hmm. you're watching a movie, the actors are, a good performance, he's really into it. He's not thinking about his mom or, or the rent or whatever. That's right. right. So. Okay, so like, yeah, even in the book, you talk about like you say if you if you don't have that state, sometimes you won't you won't bother approaching a woman because you yeah. know it's gonna kind of be like not so good. You know, it's just not gonna you know create the same effect with her. So right. you're like, well, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it till a bit later in the day or whatever when I'm feeling my mojo. Yeah, I do, that's what I do do. Um, I remember when I was living on 68th Street, I would go to get coffee at Starbucks, and often I was tired, like I was like oh, groggy. <laughs> And then I'd get the coffee on my walk back. Sometimes the same group of girls or whatever would be standing around sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I, because it was by a, a college. And I, then I would take the shot because I'd be more awake and more present. Yeah, without that sense of presence and that mojo, it's because basically women want to connect. And that, that energy gets people to connect. They feel it. Yeah. When it's flat, you're just some something standing in front of them, to, like asking them for stuff. It's very easy for them to say no. Yeah, yeah. And I, I guess that's something like guys should realize if they're, you know, say they approach a girl and it doesn't go very well, but they they weren't feeling in such a good state. Maybe they shouldn't blame themselves so much and kind of realize that connection um, between how they're feeling at that time and yeah. how it goes to the girl instead of like always like blaming themselves. Ah. You know, I'm just no good at this. Um, they could be thinking a bit more about that. I agree. I, I think also, too, that like anything, this just takes practice. Um, you could take any guy, and if you force him to, like, approach 500 girls, he's going to get better. Right. I mean, I, I, could, I could take anyone, no matter how bad they are, and improve their skill just by forcing them to have these interactions. So you get 20 numbers in a day. Like, how do you manage to do that? I mean, is it because you're not working if you've got more time than people or is it yeah. really that quick? You know, can you give Part me an idea? Was, I was a tutor, mm. so I worked nights. I had my days free. It's a whole, it's a much, it's much harder for a guy in the suburbs who has like a typical job because he goes, he's at work and then he drives and he might be lucky to get two numbers a day. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, so, I mean, the short answer to that is if you want to fuck a lot of girls, you have to move to New York <laughs> basically or a similar city because it's just, you don't have the supply and the anonymity. Right. The big part of this is the anonymity. In other words, girls are horny, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. But they have... A guy wrote in one of these books, I thought it was very good, he said, social safety is a huge, huge issue for women. In other words, what their friends are going to think of their behavior. They have to... But in New York, it's less of an issue because a girl... You meet a girl briefly, she's alone, right, on the bagel line or whatever. And she might be horrified to be a slut amongst her friends, but yeah. you te- she can sneak over and no one's going to know about it. So right, she, Girls can have, like kind of many lives here mm-hmm. without all of their friends knowing or, or some friends knowing some and other friends not knowing a lot yeah. of it. Or they can be just, they can, they don't have to hide and it's like, 
which is a very like open city. You know, do yeah. what you want. Who gives a shit? So this this is good. So you know, live in a big city where it is on anonymity, um, and then with, with regards to work. Yeah, I mean, even if you work full time in a city like New York, you can still get it done. But the reason I was able to have so much sex in such a short period was because I wasn't really working during the day. I mm -hmm. walked a lot in Manhattan, and I had the balls, and the I knew what I was doing to yep. pick up chicks. So. Mm -hmm. You know, basically, if you pick up 20 girls a day consistently, there's just a law of numbers. Like, and, I, yeah. and then I, at each step of it, we can talk about all the phases, but, like, I perfected the, the model so that I lost as few as I could yeah. along the way. Uh, you know? So uh, another thing you bring up in the book is, like, you know, you say some of your friends are in investment banking and so on. Uh, I, I kind of get that because I was in a similar industry. And, you know, your, your days are really long, and you tend to be really tired, and, you know, so that's that's very different compared to your lifestyle. You have a bit of free time, and so like if you're in that kind of job, you know, girlfriend, just get a girlfriend. <laughs> right, right. I mean, so are you not going to have the energy? Is it you know? No, is, is I, that really going to get in the way? It depends what you want. Look, the reason there's a, probably a number of reasons I chase go. One is it gave my life some meaning, mm. right? It was a thrill, it was the hunt, and it gave me self-esteem in the sense that like fucking a couple chicks a day or one a day or whatever. Because I didn't have much going on career-wise, mm. so, right? And I had the time. A guy who's got a high-powered career, he gets his self-esteem from his job. He yeah. doesn't need to be banging a lot of chicks generally. He's like, yeah. he's doing important work. And he probably come. I have friends like this who have a ton of money, and you think, oh, they could fuck. Well, the reality is they come home, they're tired. They want, like, a nice girl there to, like, maybe have a meal prepared or, like, snuggle up with them and watch a movie or, like, give them a massage and go to bed. Because it... They don't have the time for this nonsense. Mm -hmm. It depends how high-powered of a career they have. So any guy who's got a serious stuff going on, screwing a lot of chicks in this model is going to be too time-consuming. I mean, if you have a lot of money, obviously you can hire, hire girls. Or you can go, I don't know, there's other things. You can go to like charity events or parties. There's, or there's, also, there's also the fact that you know, just having a lot of sex is pretty time, damn tiring, right? On top of it, yeah. I mean, right. see, I didn't work either, so I could be banging until four in the morning and like sleep in. Yeah. Yeah. Generally speaking, a guy with a, a pretty heavy duty career, is, it's not his focus. This, I mean, maybe he would like to, but it's not his focus to be fucking shit. Right. He's always going to be distracted by some higher priorities in, you know, his, his career life and so on. So it'd be hard to kind of keep this uh, in, industrialized. I mean, you mentioned your method, you know, in, in a book is you call it a bit industrialized. It's very industrial. It's a, the 11% rule. Yeah. You know, I, I kept a spreadsheet of all the girls. I had actually two spreadsheets for a period. One was mm -hmm. all the girls I picked up, right? So it was tons and tons and tons of numbers. But a lot of them didn't go anywhere, or many of them. Mm -hmm. And then it was the girls I actually had intercourse with. And I, I didn't include, like, blowjobs or makeups, just, like, real verified sex. And then um, what, that, what that ratio was. Yeah. And I found that it was only 11% of the girls... On, that I met on the street, I actually had sex with. That that means, for example, if I got a hundred numbers quickly, over five days, say, when I was really, I would have sex with eleven of those girls eventually. Now you might say, oh, that's not a high number, but and th th that's sex on my terms. That means spending no money, not leaving my apartment, not wine and dining, basically either pay or get out of my face. Like very very rigid rules. So because in my twenties I spent time trying to cater to their needs and I lot, spent a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of frustration and, and mm. it got laid periodically but it yeah. wasn't so I realized it was like 
part of the discipline of the system is to be able to turn away very hot girls if they're not like if they're not compliant. Do they come back afterwards, or some do? Actually, I've, I've, uh, I can think of a, a number of them that because at, at at the end of the evolution of this game, and basically, I would get these numbers and I would just sit in my apartment mm. and have girls come by, yeah, and try and basically trick them upstairs, and either they would like be like no way, and then or they would come up and I'd try to fuck them. So, but a, a handful of them where we had that moment on the street where they refused, like I had a lot of male strength. It was in my person. It was like, all right, well, this is what I'm offering you. You know, a handful would say no, and then they would reconsider because there was attraction, and they were. I had passed their test, and it actually, there was always respect was in, was was uh, maintained. In other, even if I pissed a girl off, at least she. I don't think girls respect guys who who basically uh, overly comply. A hot girl who says, "Do this, do that, do this, do that," and the guy does it. She, first of all, she, he's not going to get anywhere really, but also she loses respect. So sometimes there was like no deal. We would come together and she was like a, a prized female with her agenda and I had my agenda. And yeah. it was like there was no overlap, so it was no deal, but there was still respect. It was like, right. So it's, I mean, it's pretty rigid, right? Either she comes on your terms or you mm -hmm. just say, all right, it's fine. You know? Yeah, well, they, you know, I was able to do that because I had a lot. It's all about abundance. I had so many girls. It was like, all right, yeah, I'd like to, but there's a tree way behind you. And I got laid enough. And the other thing, I had no money at that time. Mm -hmm. I mean, no, but very, very little money. Yeah. So generally speaking, $10 was had a lot more value to me than a naked hot girl. Can you believe it? I, mean, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I have a lot more money today. Mm -hmm. I don't get laid nearly as often. But it, it was like, it was a system designed by a guy who was essentially broke mm -hmm. to be able to fuck hot girls without getting walked all over. Okay, like, uh, just... This is kind of like a tangent, but uh, it's it's something I've seen amongst uh, kind of a lot of guys, and I may have seen it one time in myself as well. Is that uh, seeing lots of girls and takes up a lot of time in your life? Does that did that have anything to do with your your financial situation at the time? Or yeah, of course. I mean, it's a chicken or an egg. Did I have a lot of time and I filled it chasing girls? And then at a certain point, I liked the lifestyle so much, I was reluctant to like take a job that would eat into my Chasing time and my like, fuck it. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sure. I also, independent of women, I'm not a corporate type. Like, I, don't, I like to sleep, get up when I get up and all this. And now I have a good lifestyle to do that. But I think there is very much a correlation. In other words, um, this guy I was mentioning earlier who slept with over 400 girls, he's, his dad supports him. And he's like 36. It's pathetic. But wow. he basically in a nice apartment in New York. But because of that, he has, he has no responsibility. So he has, I actually, has time to chase girls. And, cause it, right, there's a lot of, there's a lot of red herrings. There's a, a lot of times it doesn't play out and you can waste hours. Right. So you need to have that time. I mean, I try to make it as most efficient as possible, yeah. but even so, like, girls don't just, you gotta earn it. They don't just, so right. it's work, however you cut it. And you, you need to really want to fuck a lot and you need to know what you're doing and you need to have the time. Yeah, yeah. And, and like in, in your book, you talk about having the clarity you know the, the clarity about what you want right mm -hmm. and you know this is something i've I, i've seen a lot of guys have and not have and if for me it makes it can make or break the you know deal whether whether he's going to go through what he needs to do or he doesn't um could you talk a little bit about you know where does your where did your clarity come from does it just kind of pop up one day you know so you said earlier on in your life in your 20s um you know how old were you actually when you kind of started getting into this you know, a bit more hardcore uh, in, in New York City. 
Well, I moved to New York in 02, so I was 27. Okay. And I had, but I had already started fucking a fair amount in Boston. But mm-hmm. at, it was harder there somewhat, you know. But I did all right. I'll tell you about where the clarity came from in a second. But I wanted to, I read recently the, the average American male has seven sexual partners in his lifetime. Mm. Right? And I'm 35, so my life's not over. And I've fucked over 200 women and well over 200 women. And um, the only way you can really, like, the only guys who really track 100 to 200 women, there's a few types of guys. There's, like, celebrities, right? Movie stars, uh, musicians, right? And, like, and athletes mm-hmm. who have, un- they have a lot of money and they have celebrity. They have unusual work patterns, so they have free time. And then guys like me, like, guys who, who basically sacrifice or don't have certain blocks and they're uh, not blocks um obligations in their life mm-hmm. and they live in a city with this flow but the reality is for for most guys who live in a smaller town and have real commitments you know they'll be lucky to fuck 30 girls before they get married it's just how it is mm-hmm. i mean you have to make choices it's not easy to do i wonder actually how many men alive today have had sex with over a thousand girls very few you know fidel castro used to have his officials go to the beach mm-hmm. in cuba and pick up girls and yeah. deliver them. One, oh, right. one for after breakfast. Well, system. One for after uh, lunch and one for after dinner. But he's a... He and it was, it was uh, Mao Zedong, right? Like, so. he, he definitely had a lot. He had the whole China. So, so, so the short answer is become a dictator of a large country. And right. you can have as much pussy as you want. Um, so it's, it's the relatively few men who can put up, mm. like, triple or quadruple digits. To your question about clarity, because one last comment on that, I just was visiting Boston and I... I had some friends in Boston who were very good with women, and actually in L.A. too, where I grew up, some serious um, playboys. But these guys haven't even cracked a hundred because they've had real, rela- they've had long-term relations. As right. FI, I mean, yeah. I've had serious relations. But they, they basically, they live in environments, smaller towns, and they have, um, they have work, they have careers, hmm. and so no matter how good they are with women, they, they've even told me they're like seventy-five girls, maybe eighty girls. Which is huge, you know, but it, you needed certain circumstances to be able to fuck a ton and ton of girls. And the clarity came, I went through a hard point and in in, I had a business in 2000. I, you know, I, uh, I was kind of irresponsible growing, very irresponsible growing up. And I, I went to a top university, I had a lot of chances, but I didn't have a lot of personal discipline. Mm. And that bled over to my finances too. So I basically, I, I was the CEO of a business when I was young, but we lost the business and, and there were all kinds of money problems. I was in, essentially bankrupt. I moved to New York in huge trouble that in terms of like owing more money than I could ever pay. And all. My only solution was to like get very, very deliberate with all my actions. Like every dollar I spent, every, I had to be, I had to all of a sudden get very disciplined and very focused on like, is this the right thing to do? And that, that clarity in my mid-20s my, you know, my living standard, my lifestyle has improved a lot, but I haven't really lost that. Like, what's happening here? What's the situation? Can I afford this? Am I losing time? Is this girl wasted? Is full of shit? In other words, it, cutting through all the nonsense because mm-hmm. there's so many. A lot of the dating scene is. I'm sure all the guys who are listening to this will, will agree. You know, people can go out and socialize and be pleasant and have meals together. But there's so like, if you want to fuck a girl, it's like A to B. It's a straight line, and there's a lot of bullshit that can get it. So. It helps to know what you're doing. Like, I had the mindset always, like, what's happening here? What am I doing here? Yeah. And when I was spending money, I'd be like, all right, there's outflow of money, but, like, what am I getting? 
So it helped me really, really see the dynamic. It's, it sounds a, a little bit like business, like any good businessman will, will know when time is being wasted versus, you know, there's actual progress and it's worth, right. worth his while being there. Um, so would you say it's actually something, you know, that this kind of discipline is actually healthy for your life in general? Yeah, and definitely. Yeah. Like maybe it's transferable from your business life. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Mm. In fact, there's a good book called The Road Less Travel by M. Scott Peck. Yeah. His, his, I actually modeled the opening line of my book from his. It says, his first line says, life is difficult. He's a psychiatrist. Who's yeah, seen, yeah. And that's what my first, my, my first line in my book says, sleeping with multiple women is difficult. Something like that. Mm-hmm. And the point is, success is not easy in anything. And people think, oh, I'm entitled to, I'm just going to, no way. I mean, life is much, much harder than people right. realize. And so, are they trying to fuck chicks or make a million dollars or do this? It's like, most people are fools and they get crushed. It's the, it's, it's the self-aware, disciplined guy who stands out. Right. People get distracted, right? Yeah. You know, away from what they're doing. They put things in the way, uh, reasons and so on. And they let other people influence them, right? So if, yeah. like, if the girl wants to do something else, he's like, yeah, well, yeah, why not, right? Yeah. Kind of gets uh, taken The other thing in clarity, there's a huge difference. This is very, it's obvious, but I think guys need to hear this. There's a huge difference between hanging out with a hot girl mm. and actually fucking a hot girl. A hot girl, she's used to having a whole orbit of people around her, right? Right. right. Do not confuse spending money and time and all that. Like, she lets relatively few men put their, their penis inside her vagina. That's a very discreet act. All the other stuff's bullshit. So you, you're not getting brownie points for all. That's all a waste of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a little cynical to say that. But basically, the point is, like, if you see a hot girl and you think, I'm interested in her sexually. Make sure that that the time and money you're spending is is not a distraction. I mean, because she's playing that field very, very well. Right, and these guys even get sucked up in it. He's that very used right? I mean, it goes on. Uh, that's the story of life. Right. All right. Well, uh, going going back to um, basically your process, right? So mm-hmm. you got the phone number. How? What kind of things do you text her? Do you, or do you call her? Never like, call her. Text her. Usually, right after I meet her, within the next. Within an hour or so, I'd send us very specific, unique texts like, hey, babe, I hope that sweater fits. Or like, I hope you're cleaning up after that cute pooch if she was walking a dog. Or like, I hope you found the sushi, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so she knows it's me because right, only I could have written that text. Sure. It has to be unique. It has to be like a, a friendly follow-up, you know, 99% respond back or 90%, hey, sure, da-da-da. And then carry it from there or maybe a few hours later, like, what are you up to tonight? Something very simple. Or yeah. What's going on? And then um, we're about to release a whole text game product, actually, with this okay. launch. So I go through this. But And then there's like kind of two schools of thought. One is that you keep it all neutral and friendly to get the date and get her over. Mm-hmm. And then you all of a sudden like blindside her w- with like your sexual interest. In other words, it's like friends, hey, da-da-da, nothing sexual. And then, which my friend does with a lot of very effective, he has a lot, it's very effective, um, and it might work particularly with American women because there's, there's like a, a sexual repression or a huge disconnect here in this country. Like if you mention anything overtly sexual, it's like, you know, the girls are also hot and fuckable, but you can't like, we've driven a lot of that underground with the puritanism. That's a whole nother soapbox. But basically that's one approach to be like friendly. And then once you have her alone, then, then start making it. Or my approach more is to sort of suss it out or, be a little bit more sexual and like do some of the screening up front because mm. I, I don't want to waste my time. So like 
And I played with the line there. I mean, it can be very sexual and like alienate nine out of ten girls. They're like, fuck off, creep. And you just <laughs> met them on the street, right? Or you can be slightly playful and flirty. And and once they come over, once I meet them, it's already a little bit on. Right. Already, so right. there's a debate about that. But I tend to go with a little bit more flirty. Sometimes I can't just help myself because I whatever this stuff. No. My old model was I would just line them at a, up at a lounge here in Midtown. It's very easy. I mean, they gave the number. There's often some attraction, and then I said, let's have a drink. And also, a drink is great because it's like a girl can have a drink with work colleagues and her boss, mm-hmm. or she can have a drink with her, her lover. Like, it's a pretty broad umbrella. Like, so for her to agree to a drink oftentimes doesn't take a lot of selling. Like, mm-hmm. she could be not even interested, but she's all right. So, you know, she assumes the guy's going to pay, doesn't it? And then while there, you know, all those processes of trying to get her turned on and get her back to the place. Mm-hmm. In my later stages, I didn't even want to spend that 40 bucks in the cab because it, it, I didn't screw all those girls. I mean, I had a pretty good close rate, but it's still a lot of money for if it doesn't work out. It's so right. frustrating. So I did the bait and switch where she would come by my apartment and I'd be like, I outlined this very, in very, it takes some finesse, but in a very detailed way in my book, but basically get them back to the apartment and pour a drink there so that before she knows it, we're actually having the date in my apartment. Mm. And then, still it may not work out, but I haven't spent money yeah. and it, we're, we're private. So if, if, and what do you, what, does it work out about the same, 11%? Your 11 kind of fits with your 11% rule? Yeah, I would say. I mean, look, because there's so many, that turns out 11% is one out of nine, Yeah. right? So she can give, this doesn't really happen that often, but in theory, she can give the fake number, right? Yeah. But usually that's not true. I'll just break it down what happens. Nine, I get nine numbers, right? Mm. And I send out a text. Eight reply. So one's already gone. Mm. Of those eight, da-da-da, we go back and forth. Maybe two is just bullshit. I can never, like, they never agree to plan. So then we're down to six. Six seem up for meeting. One moves or something. So we're down to five. So now it's like five girls. Mm. Um, this is, a you know, New York, it's transient. People come yep. and go and whatever. Yeah or gets a boyfriend, let's say. Now, now we're down to five. Five agree to meet in the next week or so. All five meet, let's say. One refuses to come up. That means four come up to my apartment. One is nervous because she's alone with me and I can't even get like a kiss or anything. So that leaves three. All three kiss. One just kisses, right? And she's like, mm-hmm. no, no, I don't do that. Da, da, da. Two, and, and say that one that just kissed. I'm not even that into her for a second date, for example. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Two fool around, uh, they both give me head, but one won't fuck. Mm. And then she leaves and it's like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. I can never get her on the horn again. And then one actually I fuck. And I, maybe I end up fucking her for a, a few months. So that's kind of how nine street numbers whittle down to one. Letter. Right, right. Any guy who says more than that is full of shit. I mean, I, I, I know, I've, I've run with a lot of players and I know guys who fuck chicks. It's, it's not that easy. And yeah. Yeah, okay, you can, you can meet... The guy says, oh, I'm 100%. Well, yeah, you meet one girl, and you're, like, on her tail for, for months and flowers, and she really likes you. Of course, I mean, I've done that, too. But to, to approach anonymous girls in high volume mm-hmm. and spend no money and very little time, I, don't, I just don't believe it. The guy, the guy who's fucked over 400 girls, he has a even lower rate. He has a 10%. I have 11% based on a pretty large sample size. He has a 10% close rate. So, in other words, out of 10 numbers he gets on the street, he'll fuck one. But still, mm-hmm. it takes you... It takes me a minute and a half to get a number. So on a given day, I'm, I'm fucking around for 20 minutes, 30 minutes getting numbers. And I'm going to fuck one or two of those girls with no no headache. It's yeah. pretty fucking good. Yeah. Yeah, good man. 
like, I'm sure a lot of guys are wondering, like, saying, okay, industrial approach. Sometimes the girls don't like it, you know, them. what's kind of the worst pushbacks you've had? Like, to give an, like, a guy an idea of, and then also give, me, give, give us your take on, you know, how, how you dealt with it, like, if, the, if that kind of rejection or pushback affected you or how you deal yeah, with it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, this whole idea of rejection, I mean, look, you're trying to sell stuff, right? Just like a Hare Krishna or whatever. You're going out yeah. trying to sell. Like some people aren't buying. Mm -hmm. So the, the point, the way I look at it is deal, no deal. I'm trying to sell my bullshit and some girls are like, you know, I'm full of bullshit. I don't need any thank you very much. So in other words, it's like, it's deal, no, this rejection. What is rejection? I mean, you have to know someone pretty well and understand exactly to be like, I'm personally rejecting you at your core, motherfucker. Yeah. I mean, these women don't know me. Mm -hmm. So they're just, they're not interested in how I'm selling. So that's kind of how I don't take it personally. Plus, you know, I've talked to thousands and thousands of girls. Like, there's a hundred reasons why they're not interested. You know, I don't. And, and basically, if you do this enough, you get into the mindset. It's less about ego and more about like you want to fuck them. So it's like, God damn, all right, get out of my way. Like, I'm not going to fuck you clearly. So can you step aside? Like, you're trying to search out the ones who are going to give it up. Mm -hmm. So you're, basically, what happens mentally for a player at this level is he's less concerned about. The, the no deals and he's more like just desperate to find the girls who want to fuck right. he's horny to fuck them. so he's not really concerned it's like when you order at a restaurant and you order steak you want your steak to be good you're not thinking about all the other things you didn't order mm -hmm. right the steak I'm not thinking well, well you know what I, I skipped the chicken order. You're, you're like oh wow I hope this steak I'm eating is good that's kind of the mentality oh the worst no nah, not usually I mean girls get angry you know because they get all dolled up you know they get all dolled up and they get they make time in their schedule and maybe take a cab there. And then I'm, I come down in my slippers and my, like, you know, my t-shirt and I'm like, Oh, I'm not ready to pop up. And, and they refuse to, and then they just wasted all this time. So they get some angry fucking women, but whatever. And there's plenty of angry men too. So right. I did have a girl once she tried to fuck me over. She not fuck me over, but hustle me, which I'm very sensitive to. She said, Oh, I only have 10 bucks. So like, I'll come down to you by cab, but can you pay my cab back home? So, right. All right. That's fair. So she came down. And she said, "I don't know what happened. I, I thought I had ten bucks." And I'm thinking, "That's a lie. Like you don't. Mm. It, it might. You might say, oh, I thought I had a hundred. I have sixty in my wallet.' But you just have ten, and, and, and that's such a specific number. Like you either know you have it or right. you don't. So it's a lie. So I, so she shows up at the cab with no money. But she said, "I want to see what she looked like." So I paid the ten bucks, and she came up, and it was nothing. It was totally flat. And I was like, "All right, well, this isn't going to work. Let's go." I just ushered them out. I'm very dismissive. All right, wrap up. It's kind of like class is over. Like th if this isn't happening, like you know, my time is. I, she was walked down, and then she didn't have any money. But I had already fulfilled my ten dollar. I said I would pay one ride, which I had done. Mm. And then she's like, "Aren't you going to pay my return cab?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" I said, and she got furious, and I just walked away. And she jumped on my back and started scratching my neck. <laughs> and I, wow. she was screaming. And I was like, crazy I had to like run away I didn't want to cause a scene so I kind of got a anyhow, <laughs> nut job but generally speaking they're just angry mm. guy doesn't fuck hundreds of girls without pissing off a lot of them I mean it's just part of the right because they have an agenda they, the whole thing is women have two things they have entitlement and they think I saw a girl with a shirt that said I have the pussy I make the rules mm. alright well you can live like that but I, I don't want to live in a world where I have to do every, constantly do every, comply to every stupid chick's thing so yeah. I have an alternate agenda, which is in conflict with theirs. So I'm going to constantly piss them off. Yeah. I want to fuck them and give them nothing, basically. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have issues, yeah. All right. So, so you've been a pretty big player for a while. You know, you, you fucked a lot of girls. What kind of 
backwards perspective this has given you like on the whole game and relationships like kind of where are you at now like is there some kind of you know ideas you can give like people who are like you know looking for some kind of enlightenment for this part of their life mm -hmm. you know yeah i think there's some takeaways i think first of all i think i'm always surprised when guys i know it's true but it's not my reality guys enter into long-term committed relationships primarily for access to vagina that's what i've heard like in other words i'm going to make her my girlfriend so that i have i have a hard time getting laid but if i get this one or make her my girlfriend i'm going to have green light to pussy well i think that's the worst reason to get laid right i mean to get a strong man should develop the ability to get laid okay maybe you need some pipeline you need some time to, to pipeline the girls but basically i know i can go into any city and within two weeks three weeks a month i can have you know at least enough to steady flow of pussy right. a guy has to know that or else he's he's vulnerable right so i would say look you don't have to go out and fuck hundreds and hundreds of girls and but what i i do think the strongest men always have the perspective even when they're like i'm in a relationship too but it's not about the sex like i can get more and variety and, and in some ways hotter different types of girls outside my relationship by what my girlfriend knows that so it keeps her and behave like the worst relationships are the ones where the girl knows the guy's a like a loser and can't get laid anywhere else. She, she manipulates because she's the only access he has. That's a terrible dynamic. Yeah. So I think a guy always has to have, he might stay in a dysfunctional relationship out of fear. I think a guy to the best of his ability should develop the skill. So he always says, you know what, if this thing ends, I can go back and hunt and I'm fine. Mm -hmm. In other words, and, uh, and she's great and all this, but like there are other women out there to just know, to have a sense of the marketplace and the, just like anything like hunting for food or whatever, the ability to get what you need, even if the relationship breaks down, it'll give you a lot more internal strength and it'll just be evident in the relationship. She can't, girl's going to be on better behavior and you'll attract higher quality women because they're not going to sniff out weakness. So that's true. I would say on the flip side, being a good hustler makes commitment harder and also temptation. It's like, if you know, like I just told you the rule, but the, the 11% rule, but basically I generally have the attitude when I walk to New York, if I see a lot of hot girls, like not every one of them, but I have a fair chance of screwing many of them when I, and to walk past them without taking a shot, it's, there's always a bit of like a, kind of like a sense of lost opportunity or frustration. So, but I, I'm in a relationship now, so I don't do that that often. Turn it, basically, the, the hard thing is to turn it off. My libido is a little bit waning, but generally, I'm still, you know, horny and stuff. So that, that's an interesting thing. Do you think age is affecting libido? Or? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right. I mean, in a way, I'm, we're all prisoners to sex, in a way, and it, there's a part of me that is looking forward to older age when it's, like, <laughs> you know, the grandfather stage, but I'm not, I don't give a shit about it, really. I was just taking a train up town, sitting across from this attractive girl, and she was checking me out. Like, she was giving me a vibe across this. She was... Right. I don't know, she was like ethnic, and I was like, wow, be, but, you know, what am I going to do? Yeah, I can cheat. There's a, there's options, but it's just like, it's, and I was intrigued and attracted to her, but it's like, it's distracting. Basically, sex can be very distracting. Right. At a certain point, it's not adding to your life in, in some ways. Right. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, and, and it, it, it can be, if you're good at picking up chicks, it can become a handicap a bit because it's going to, it's hard to exit from that life. I wrote a whole thing for Cliff's List, the top 10 reasons to get out of the game. When oh. I got, it's a very interesting article. One, guys loved it. It was their number one post of mm. all time, Cliff said, or one of the top. And the number, the number, it's like Letterman, 10, 9, 8, 7. The number one reason is sleep. 
you know, because I, <laughs> when I was screwing a lot of chicken, I was constantly tired because, first of all, bringing them back and seducing them and then fucking and then waking up. And it's also just not that relaxing to sleep next to a stranger. And then the other one's STDs, theft, you know, girls can steal shit. I did strange girls in my apartment. And the more, you know, I'm doing better in life now, I have expensive shit in my head. Do I really want a knucklehead chick, you know, in my, that I don't know anything about in my apartment? Yeah. Can, there were 10 really thought, thoughtful reasons why. But it's just harder in a way to get out of the game if you, guy who likes pastries, but he still has to go to the pastry stop and he's trying mm -hmm. to be on a diet, it's harder. Okay, Matt, thanks for this interview, yeah, yeah. Paul. It's been great. That interview was a lot of fun to do. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did and got as much out of it. You'll have noticed uh, during the interview that he referred to Janka Method as his uh, kind of system, his program, uh, a few times. Well, actually, that has been rebranded uh, since or branded back to its original name, which is Attraction Formula. So, you know, whenever, whenever he says Jack Janka Method, basically it means Attraction Formula. That's what it's called. You can get the show notes, uh, the transcript of the interview, and links to anything we mentioned on the show at datingskillsreview.com slash DSP1. Think about this for a second. How can applying some of the mindsets of dating productivity help you today? Could it be moving to a better city that improves your dating life quicker? Could it be being more disciplined or more time conscious, you know, more serious about this subject? Think it through and let me know in the comments on that page. I'll reply to all comments with my thoughts and give you a bit of feedback and let you know if you're going in the right direction. You can do that on datingskillsreview.com slash DSP1. In every episode of Dating Skills Podcast, I'm going to leave you with a quote. The reason for this is that quotes are easy to remember and they often embed kind of like rules which will help you get better with women. So it's great to always have a few quotes in your mind to do with the things that you're trying to get better at and uh, they'll help you to get better by keep reminding you of you know, things you want to focus on. So today's quote is, is this. It's the self-aware, disciplined guy who stands out. Now, the point Janker is making here is that most men aren't that successful with women. When you look around you, you may not realize that, but you know, some of the statistics you know, Janker pulled out, and, and the reality is that you know, the average guy isn't that successful with women. So... If you're listening to this podcast, you're not settling for average. You want something better. You want, a, you, want, you want a great dating life. He's saying that to get that, it's really discipline that you need. And I completely agree with that. And I really think this is something important for everything in your life, not just dating. And, but if you want to get better at dating, at building a business, at you know, your career or you know, any type of competition, anything you want to do in your life, any journey you take is going to require discipline because there are always setbacks and discipline is what is needed to get through those setbacks. So on this dating journey, you're definitely going to have some setbacks. Girls are going to reject you and so on on the journey. But if you want to get through to the end and, and success, like discipline is something that is pretty key to that. So this quote is a, a nice way of remembering that. It's the self-aware, disciplined guy who stands out. Dating Skills Podcast is brought to you by DatingSkillsReview.com, the number one men's source for dating, sex, and relationships advice. Get the cutting-edge advice now and create your ideal dating lifestyle.